listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. Yeah, you saw the the title. Thank you, Caitlin. We're going to talk about... (laughs) Uh, we're going to talk about, and I've been getting messages on Instagram about this. Um, I've been getting messages uh, via text about this Two two areas, you know, why is it that Christians battle sickness so much? You know, we know God's all powerful. We know God's good. We know he's a loving heavenly father. And a lot of Christians have this, uh, issue where they don't understand why are so many Christians sick if God's got the power to heal and if it's his will to heal and if he loves us and all these things, why are so many Christians sick? Why is there so much? Carolyn has an answer. I believe today. <laughs> I didn't know if, or if you were saying I'm the reason Christians are sick. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Ted. Carolyn's got the answer. So we are going to deal with that today. We're going to give you uh, some things from the word that will help you. Not only to understand why. Or touch your back. No, I'm trying to cross oh. my legs and there's a bunch of things under this table. I can't get my knee around. I'll never forget when Brother McGinnis came to our church talking no, about crossing your legs. Just go. And said to the lady, what do you do when you want to cross your legs? They bring like a crane out of the ceiling. The lady was a little heavy. She never came back. Um, so we're going to give you, we're going to give you uh, different things from the word today that will help you understand not only why. Christians remain sick, but how you can be free from sickness and disease. And by the way, uh, if you'd like to go in depth on this study, you'd like to know more and more about this, two things I'd recommend you do. Uh, One of those things is we have a Miracle Word University course on divine healing. Mm -hmm. It's about five hours or so, five and a half hours of uh, teaching, multiple videos on divine healing. And uh, you can get it at miraclewordu.com. You see it on the screen. Um, and it's available today. It's only $69. You can even do a two month um, payment for $35 a month. But it's, a, I don't know how many, maybe 20 videos, about five and a half hours of teaching. We go in depth on what the Bible says about divine healing and why it's for you as a believer and how to walk in it. And then also, um, we put out a series on that. Uh, we have it on USB. Is that what it is? Yes. What's the name of it? Hold on. Get it. So much content coming out. I got to remember it, the name of it. Why are Christians sick yeah. and suffering and how you can be free? That's it. Nailed it. Why are Christians <laughs> sick and suffering and how you can be free? So we have that available on a USB drive that you can listen to. Uh, for those that are not familiar with it, you can't just plug it directly into your ear. You have to have a USB slot in your car or on your computer or something in order to, uh, because we're not responsible for anybody that damages an eardrum by plugging that USB directly into their head. It's not the matrix yet, but it will help you. And then, t- <laughs> and then today, <laughs> today we're going to help you and, and, and take you into this, into this teaching. But, um, you know, we're going to start a big topic. Oh, it's huge. 
I say it's probably one of the number one topics. It's huge. Amongst the body of Christ. We get... <laughs> what accent was that? We, we get this question all the time, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, all the time. And... Um, I love you. Dylan said, Dylan said you if, you, if you get the vaccine, you can plug the USB into your hand. <laughs> That's true. Makes you like a cyborg. Um, you know, the first thing we're going to deal with today, by the way, it, I know it's convicting and it may not seem spiritual, but we're going to give you scripture for it. It is spiritual. By the way, if there's scripture for anything, it's spiritual. Well, because it's not always the devil. No, very rarely. We, we, as humans, we will work against the word of God. It's like going against the grain. It's true. He's given us an instruction, and yet we still want to do whatever we want because we either think we have all the answers or we take uh, information from other people and we apply that to our lives over what the word of God says. So it's really us going against what the Bible has already instructed us to do and how to live. Divine wisdom. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that's the thing is that, you know, when, and we are, we're just going to have to let it rip. I'm going to get convicted myself in about three minutes, but it's absolutely true. You know, you, you think about the fact when I say it, it, it's rarely, I was, uh, I was following it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this Instagram account. There's an Instagram account called dude with sign. And it's just a guy in New York that holds up a cardboard sign on the South street with funny things written on it. But there's another one that I, what we found called Church Dude with Sign. And it's just like all biblical based and Christian stuff. And one of the ones I posted on my story that he held up was a, a sign that says, it's not a spiritual attack. You just make bad choices. <laughs> and really? But that's what it is. For a lot of people, that's what it is. And You're like, devil's we, been attacking me. It's not the devil. we get all churchy and we say, you know, the devil's been attacking me all week. The devil's been attacking me my right. whole life. Yeah. And it's like, I think we need to stop and, <laughs> and examine the decisions and choices we've made in life and then really see if it's the poor decisions, if it's stuff we didn't do right, we didn't listen to versus the enemy. You know, he's got limited resources. Right. He only has what he was kicked out of heaven with. That's it. He's not a creator. No devils have been created since that time. There's nothing he can do except for what he has. And so with all, you know, the billions of people on the earth, I think a lot of it has to do with poor decisions. Well, and then uh, who was that that asked, was it Kim, about what, what what if it's an infant or a small child? Obviously an infant or a small child, yeah, Kim Palmer, uh, is not out there making bad choices and then as a result. So I'm not saying to you that there's not, in fact, if you study the ministry of Jesus, um, and I, I went back and did this because I heard my dad preach it when I was younger. And so I, I didn't want it to be secondhand information for me. I went back through the gospels myself and uh, broke down every ministry of Christ to a sick person. Um, and every individual miracle that happened, I, I studied those and made notes. One out of every three people that Jesus healed, he first had to deal with a spirit uh, that was making them sick or oppressing them before they could be healed. So 33% of Jesus' ministry dealt with spirits of infirmity, unclean spirits, 
uh, all of those things. So we're not saying that sickness does not come from the devil. Obviously it does. Right. Obviously that's the origin of sickness and disease. We deal with that in the Miracle Word U course. We know how sin entered into the earth. We know how sickness entered into the earth. But just because you're dealing with something in your body doesn't mean that automatically that the devil's attacking you. And that's why we, Caroline, I want to just hit this first because it's foundational and, and they're not even at the age of choices anyway. So right. I mean, like, but if can't. you would just use uh, divine wisdom, that's, yes. that's something. If you would just use divine wisdom, uh, a lot of the things that people deal with, they wouldn't deal with. Um, the prayer line <laughs> at church when divine would be much wisdom shorter. comes into play, guys. Yeah. More than what was being said last year. Well, <laughs> yeah. But you understand that how, how short, how much shorter the prayer line would be at church for, for, for healing if people would just use divine wisdom. And, uh, you know, Paul wasn't just bumping his gums, wasting uh, papyrus when he was teaching the Corinthian church about uh, their body being the temple of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't just wasting time or trying to, I, I need this letter to be a little bit thicker before I send it. No, it's important to know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you've got to take care of it as though you're taking care of the Lord himself. And so I had Carolyn, uh, you're going to start with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6? Yes. And then then we'll give you another one. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Do you not belong to yourself? For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Right. Because that's like lots of times, think of something, you know, that you would lend to a friend. I don't know, maybe something real expensive like your MacBook or, you know, anything, expensive camera, something that's high in price that you would let someone borrow. Like when you give it to them, you expect it to be returned in a good condition. And, you know, that's how I look at it with our bodies. Like it's a borrowed vessel that God's given to us. And he expects us to take care of this vessel as long as we're here on, on the earth. Yeah. Well, borrowed time. You, you think about two major things. Let's deal with two major things in this wisdom area that would help so many people. You know, and we all have to make uh, choices. You know, I, I myself, you know, I talk about um, myself, you know, being convicted because I, I have to make the same choices. I have to be uh, wise, just like anybody else. And, uh, you know, if you've watched this broadcast for any period of time, or read any of my books, you know, I love to eat. I love to eat. And we had an amazing, uh, father's day meal yesterday, a father's day feast with an awesome pie to finish the day. And it was awesome. It was a great pumpkin, like cheesecake, pumpkin pie from Miss Tiffany. And then Carolyn made lobster and Potato, my favorite Steak. thing, potatoes and onions. Steak kebabs. Oh, I'm getting convicted right now. Taco Bell for the win. Andrew knows my heart. He knows what's inside the hearts of men. No. Um, hey, Terry Dross knows what I'm talking about. Pastor Terry loves cake pops now. 
because he got <laughs> cake me away cake pops after we left Scranton. And I'm telling you, he, he sent me a text and said, is this on the keto? Because because we were we were talking about. And then they started and then we think, yeah, we were we the enemy them about, against your life for that. Yeah, I encouraged <laughs> you to start keto and then I sent you cake pops. So it's a whole, it's mixed signals. It's sick. It's we're just signals. testing your spirituality. Uh, Pastor Gary. <laughs> and so, uh, I understand totally. But those things, he said. I could, he said the same thing I say, where he's like, I can't believe how moist these cake pops are. He's like, these blow Starbucks out of the oh, water. Yeah. They're not even compared. It's the to best Starbucks. I've ever had. I know. That's and why I uh, send them. I'm telling you, cake me away is where it's at. But we have to make decisions, obviously. Um, that are wise, that line up with the word of God, taking care of the temple of the Holy Spirit. So two main things really that we can do in wisdom naturally. And we know it's supernatural because the Lord tells us to do that. Um, and, and we'll give you scripture for it, but really what it is, it's the basic stuff you've heard your whole life. It's, it's do it's exercise, it's diet. Those two main things, like if people would just do those, you know, I was, I really wanted to get to the bottom of this because you know, I wanted to, why is it so hard? Does, is it really that hard? Is everybody just like doomed to fail because of what's going on in our world? All of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, when you see preachers, uh, that didn't take care of themselves, die at a young age, like Jack Coe, you know, it's very sad, you know, wasn't even 40 years old, had a powerful miracle ministry and everything didn't take care of his body died. It wasn't God's desire that uh, brother Jack co passed away at that age, buddy, buddy died. And, um, you have to use wisdom. It was like as crazy as saying like, you know, God heal this thumb. And then every, every day you get your hammer out and smash the thumb. And then you say, God heal this thumb and then smash the thumb the next day. That's what people are doing with their bodies. Well, and people get that confused. They'll, they'll look at Jack co and then be like, I just, I don't understand why I'm mighty man of miracles and this and that, but it's like, this is a human body here on earth. Right. So it's like, yeah, you can feed your spirit man all you want and you can know the word inside and out and you can quote the Bible and have miracles and have revelation of the word of God. But if you're trashing that human body yeah. on earth, then that, that part isn't going to keep you alive at some point, uh, the fleshly part, your heart organs, your, your insides, they're not going to sustain what you're doing, no matter how much of the word you have, no matter what miracle ministry, you know, how much faith that, you know, you're having in your own life or in your own in ministry where you're praying for people at the end of the day, the earth suit <laughs> that we have has to be taken care of. And yep. then the problem is people see that, then they blame God or they say, oh, well, you know, God doesn't heal all. And then he gets the blame at the end of the day. And it wasn't even God at all. No, Jordan Bradford, <laughs> he knows what I'm talking about. He says it's practical. He said, can't you do something more spiritual? Because that's how people think, you know, you get practical with the word of God. But you know what I would like to do? I would like to be able to go out every night and pound four quesaritos with steak and, and really oh my goodness i just don't love food as much as you i guess i would and it's love to be able to do that food. hey i mean like if you're it's gonna got a pound something make it. it good i like to go down to gino's in the middle of philadelphia and get about three of those cheese steaks i go to tony luke's and gooey louis and knock those bad boys back like they're tic tacs but you gotta you gotta but here's the thing let me let me say this it, this is one one thing that's awesome about this verse of scripture the Bible says, judge yourself 
and you'll not be judged. Judge yourself and you'll not be judged. Now, let me me say something that's interesting. You will either judge yourself in any area of life. You'll do it personally or somebody will do it for you, right? If you don't correct yourself, for example, it works with the law. If If I don't correct myself and live in the bounds of the law of the land, then police officers will come and correct me and then the, then the, the judicial system will correct me and then, if, and then I'll go to a correctional facility. If I don't correct myself, somebody else will correct me. It's the same in every area of life. So even with this, with your health, if I don't correct myself now, then down the line, a doctor will correct my diet, he'll correct the, the balances of my body, all those different things. A hospital will have to correct me if I don't correct myself. So you judge yourself or else you will be judged. Yeah. And you don't, you don't want to have to be judged by someone else. Mm-hmm. You want to judge yourself first so that you never have to get to the place because the second judgment is always uh, in the time of a crisis, right? So you have the first judgment is preventative, but the second judgment is punitive. Oh man, I'm pretty Apparently, Tyler had a dream last night that you were fat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> and then he prayed. No, but I, I want you to put that in. I want you to put that in the comments because it will help you. The, f- pers- you know, the first judgment is preventative, but the second judgment is punitive. It's punitive. It's a punishment, right? So you get to the end. Why? Well, you're already being destroyed at that point. So that correction comes at the point of punishment. The first one is preventative. Before there's, before there's punishment to your body, punishment uh, with the law, punishment with whatever it might be. You correct yourself first, preventing that, and then the second one never has to come. Judge yourself and you'll not be judged. The first judgment is preventative. Thank you, Janine. The second judgment is punitive. And that's not what you want to deal with. And so you, you, we've seen it. You know, one of the things that blows my mind, you've seen it, we've talked about it, is we're, we're edging towards half of America, half being either, That's I a mean, lot. Oh, oh yeah, it's a lot, <laughs> uh, being, being in, the, in the hospital with metabolic syndrome, with all these different symptoms of type 2 diabetes and high blood pressure and uh, all the things that cause strokes and cancer and all this stuff. And it's not even, it's something that could easily be prevented because it's, it's not something that just like comes on you. We're not talking about type one diabetes. I'm talking about type two, all these different things that make up metabolic syndrome, half of America, it's creeping on half. It's already at a third and it's headed towards half. And it's not because it's a pan pandemic in the way that, uh, you know, well, I caught a virus and got diabetes. No, no. It's that I put myself in this position. Yeah. You know, McKinsey said a lot of people will say, um, it's too expensive to eat healthy. But really, see, when people say that, you have to like zoom out and look at the big picture. The people that are saying that are getting their toes done, they're getting their eyebrows waxed, they're getting their hair dyed, uh, they're getting, so here they're taking extra money to take care of the outside of their body, but they could take a few extra dollars to get, you know, real chicken, not processed chicken, or, you know, vegetables over, you know, whatever, rice, 
stuff like that. So it's like you have to zoom out and say, I actually do have extra money to eat healthy. I actually do have extra money to take care of my body because you can take care of your nails, your hair, everything else all day and you'll just look really good in the coffin. <laughs> Cody said, give me two tacos <laughs> and type two over a horrible life. <laughs> so, um, I mean, like, you know, that's just, you're going to look pretty dead, but that's about it. Well, and the sad, and the sad thing is this. <laughs> Got a smile on Tiff's face this for that one. <laughs> the, the thing is this, you, the money ends up being spent on medical bills. Well, that's what it's going to go to. You know what and I mean? still getting your hair done and everything else, because everyone always has money for that. Right. No matter. Imagine what. Imagine all the prescriptions that people have to take, because you know what doctors aren't going to do, because it does. It's not financially responsible for the hospital to uh, tell you, well, just change your diet and you know just do this. You can do these things and easily get rid of it. They'll just keep prescribing you pills and, and medications. And the thing is, people would rather take that route and stay on the pills. Yes, they would. Than change then change the eating habits and it's easier to willpower. pop a pill. It's easy to pop a pill. It's it's much harder to make a disciplined correction to your life. Oh, Nobody yeah. wants to do it. But man, you'd save money if you had discipline and willpower. That's for sure. Listen to this. First um, Timothy chapter four, verse eight. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Paul's not saying that exercise is not valuable. He's saying that compared to godliness, it's only of some value because really uh, exercise and, and physical discipline only helps you in this life, but godliness helps you in this life and the life to come. And so you understand it's not Paul. I've seen people actually use this verse to get out of doing exercise. Well, you know what Paul said, uh, exercise only profits a little bit. Yeah, but it's an important little bit. It's, it's not... It's not an unimportant little bit. Uh, let, me, let me tell you, there's, there's, and I've, I've kind of mocked this a little bit in the, in the fasting book, that there's people that won't fast and pray because they can't stop their workout routine. They're worried about losing their gains while they're on fasting. Well, then you, then you understand that exercise is like controlling you like a God. But very few, there's far fewer people that deal with that than people that just won't exercise and uh, and, and, and be disciplined. Jordan said, now you're on exercise. I'm sending my tithe somewhere else, <laughs> but you understand it's two things. Uh, you're still in first Corinthians six, yeah. read the 12th verse. Look what this says. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything, a slave to anything. There are people that are truly slaves, uh, to what their body wants. And um, it's interesting, Paul's teaching on controlling your body here in 1 Corinthians 6, but I, it makes me think of the story of Brother Hagin when he was working construction. And uh, every day he would walk back and forth as a younger man and he'd pass this, um, almost like back then they had pharmacies that were like drug stores that sold, you know, they had like Coke on tap and all that stuff. And um, he would pass it and then he'd start going in and getting a Coke. And, uh, he started loving Coke. And then it, he said, he got to the point where he would, every time he would he'd go past, he'd think about going and getting one. He'd start getting more and more. Then it got to a point where he couldn't pass the store, couldn't pass it without going in and getting a Coke, could not do it. And he said, what happened was that as he went in and he got convicted and, and they, the Lord really spoke to him that 
you're controlled by Coca-Cola. You're controlled by Coca-Cola. It so convicted him that from that day forward, he made a vow. I'll never have another Coca-Cola again for the rest of my life. Because he said, I'll not be controlled by anything. The same was like what Paul's teaching here. You know what, what I just, what Carolyn just read, I'll not be dominated by anything. And that's what he was saying. Coke's not going to dominate my life. And so, I mean, he, that, he made that choice <laughs> when he was young, you know, probably in his twenties or thirties, but then he was telling us that story in his eighties. He was probably 85 when he told us that story. Well, let me tell you something. That means he went for probably 60 years without another Coke. Because he said, you know what? I'm not going to be controlled by anything. And that's the thing. You start to realize that uh, you can be controlled. Your body can be controlled by things. They become a God to you because you can't give them up. Anything that you can't get free from is controlling you. It's a God to you. It's idolatry. And uh, it's just very clear in the Bible. And, And one of the things. So that's what we call Taco Bell. God now. Huh? Is that what we call Taco Bell? Food in general can become uh, a massive, it can become a massive idol to people. Uh, and, and that's what it becomes a problem. That's when it becomes a problem. But those, if those two main things, I mean, Christians would just work on those two main things. You know, well, yeah, like, you're going to get headaches if you stop drinking Coke. Yeah. But the longer you stop drinking it, then the headaches will go away. It's because you're addicted to sugar. That's, so that's, that's what happens. That's why she's getting headaches daily. So if she... You know, sugar's Can more addictive than cocaine. Not drinking Coke for several days, her headaches will go away. It's they've proven this now. Sugar is more addictive than cocaine. You always get sugar headaches if if you I've never are had somebody them, who but, has. But I know people get them badly when they quit, like soda and coffee and lattes and but stuff. But you don't. I mean, except for food, you're. I, guess. Oh, I used to drink a lot of sugar. I used to drink tons of soda. No, you Before did. I switched to Remember when Diet Coke, and then you I got worked off, at the church when you were younger. You fell back off the wagon. You, uh, you used to drink those um, Rockstar Energy rock drinks. Stars. Michelle would get them for you oh, yeah. from Sam's Club. They were Club. like, I felt like really good about it because it said on the can like thirty three percent juice. I was like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. good for you, and it's thirty three percent juice, mm-hmm. um, and uh, <laughs> and it's just true. And you can get addicted to that stuff, but. So what's, on, what's going on in America right now is the, the majority of Americans. And so I'm just telling you, if people would just correct. So I started saying, what is it? You know, um, what is it? Like, because I, I really wanted to hear this. Like, what could what could really work with American Christians and around the world? Tyler did it. Uh, yeah. He said he changed his diet. He got a bad report in February, changed his diet. And now he said... Haven't seen someone's body turn around that fast. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's interesting. Um, just a, and it's like, it's funny. Cause like, we think it's going to be some deep thing. It's all the stuff we've always heard. So it's like, I really wanted to know, like if I was going to care for myself to the place where, uh, you know, I can, f- from a long range plan of like, I'm going to be around for the long haul. If Jesus doesn't come back, preach it into my nineties. What is it? And really everything that I've read, everything that I've seen on online from doctors that are posting, it's stay free from sugar and carbs. Get your heart rate up every day for at least 30 minutes, 30 minutes. That's like nothing. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes to go to your, to your, to the place where your heart's being worked. Cause this is what's hurting most people. They sit around all day. They're, they're in a cubicle. They're on the couch, whatever it might be. It's just true. <laughs> just really convicted. She walks. No, her walks are whole. 
Your heart rate can't <laughs> go up if you walk with coffee. <laughs> Unless you have like in a camelback backpack <laughs> with the straw on the side. I'm just saying. There's no workout walks holding coffee. Sugar and carbs. <laughs> and, uh, also, Shut making sure you, you are um, getting that heart rate up and sleeping well. Like those things, will, th- just those three things alone will extend your life like far, far beyond what you'd ever, ever imagine. Just, I'm not going to teach on it today, but go do a, a study for yourself on all of the things that, uh, that sugar and carbs cause in your body. And then James Hodges got to go. <laughs> I love you, James. But then look at, look at what it causes insulin resistance and all the things that causes it's like everything we deal with in America, everything, everything, it'll help you just use wisdom with a, a few small things. And, and I'm telling you the stuff that you used to have to pray for just by using godly wisdom, it'll run out the back door and you'll, you'll be like amazed. You'll be amazed to see how your, the temple of the Holy Spirit will turn around. And it absolutely will. All right, we got that out of the way because I know people are, are feeling supernaturally convicted. So who anyone really cared to date on? Proverbs 25, 16. On to the next one. If you have found <laughs> honey. weren't hurt, they moved on with this. this. This is how most people eat today. Listen to this. If you've found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. That's Proverbs 25, 16. I, I've, re- I've watched three or four of his like two hour videos, Diane, Robert Lustig lust. Is it's Lustig though? Isn't it Lustig? I, I've watched all of his stuff. Um, it's, it's, it's mind blowing what's going on because people just won't use wisdom and, and are not willing to discipline themselves. But let me, let me give you this because it's not only natural because we know people, you know, we know people that are healthy people that the devil's attacked their body. Sure. He tries to come at you with a spirit of uh, infirmity, tries to, you know, destroy you with sickness John and 10, disease. John 10 is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So I want to deal with the spiritual side of this in that way as well, because there are other reasons besides discipline that Christians are, are still battling with sickness and disease. One of them, and I'll, we'll give you, I'll give you uh, five more. Uh, one of them is, they don't understand the power of the word. They don't understand the power of the word that it carries healing virtue. The word of God carries healing virtue. So if you're taking notes, no, put number one, uh, natural wisdom. Number two, the power of the word. The power of the word. This is massive that people don't realize that this Bible carries healing virtue. You can feed on this. You can put this into your spirit, man, and it will affect your physical body without question. It'll affect your physical body. And uh, go ahead and read John 8. I'm going to go to Proverbs 4. John 8, 32. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth of God's word will set you free. Doesn't just set you free in one area, sets you free in all areas. Sets you free in all areas. So number one is natural wisdom. Number two, the power of the word. Listen to Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 22. My son, be attentive to my words. 
Don't let them, or incline your ear to my sayings, don't let them escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. They are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. All their flesh. Literally. There's another literally bell for you guys. The, uh, the word of God is healing to your flesh. It, our, our theme verse of our ministry is Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. So the word of God itself carries healing virtue. It carries healing virtue. What did the centurion say to Jesus about his servant? Speak the word only. Jesus didn't have to lay hands on him because he could use the power of the word and send healing virtue. Uh, you have you know, a... It's interesting because, you know, you, you grow up... Sometimes we think, you know, that the how to pray, it tells us how to pray, give us this day our daily bread. You know, sometimes that's not uh, verses that are really taught on. I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll hear it broken down, but there's sometimes in life where there's a big gap. But if you really study out that prayer and that daily bread that we're supposed to get every day is healing, uh, what, you know, whatever we need for that day, he's got something new for us. He, and so the word of God is, like he said, our daily bread to intake. You know, when you read through the New Testament, a lot of it's written by Paul. And am I right? Okay. <laughs> it's nerve wracking sitting with this guy. He like knows just, everything just and just <laughs> critiques and teaches and corrects mm. later. <laughs> so he's like, uh, was it Moses who wrote most of the New <laughs> Testament? I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so he's constantly teaching that we have to put our flesh down and our spirit man has to take control of it, you know, daily. And so the different verses that we're reading in the truth will set you free and speaking the word and, you know, what we're talking about it, you know, we put the power of the word, knowing the power that the word has in your life by what you're ingesting in your spirit, man, because there's times where you wake up and you don't feel good or you don't feel a certain way. But when you sit down, you know, Bill Winston's one of my favorite faith preachers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you if you don't listen to him, you have to listen to Dr. Bill Winston out of Chicago. Um, he's got podcasts. He's got audio podcasts. He's all got tons of stuff up on YouTube. You can go to his website. But it, it when I want to keep building myself up, he's somebody I just put on and listen to. And, you know, he'll say something simple one time as, you know what? The next time you have a headache, instead of going to your medicine cabinet and opening it, why don't you open the word of God and start reading scriptures? He goes, that's medicine to your body. And it's like, I've heard healing preaching my whole life, but something clicked with that. And that's true. You can go. This is your medicine cabinet. Your, the word of God is your medicine cabinet. It has every prescription you need for healing in your body, for mm -hmm. what you need daily for your body. And that is what the truth of God's word will set you free from doing something in the natural and making yourself completely dependent on the truth and the freedom of God's word. Yeah. It's like you look at Proverbs 21, 16. It's, it's, look at Liz says, she said, I love listening to Bill. Say amen to that. 
You know, yeah, he Jimmy. always says that. Say amen to oh, that. Oh, man, when he, something tickles him or he gets a revelation, he, he does laughing. that little hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> it makes yeah. me laugh so hard. But we look at Proverbs twenty-one sixteen. It says, one who wanders from the way of good sense or understanding, one translation says, will rest in the assembly of the dead. So you can be alive, but be in the assembly of the dead simply by wandering from the way of understanding. And so let me just give it to you this way. You can be a Christian and your life look like an unbeliever's life because you don't have proper understanding of the word of God. Yeah. And so you guard yourself against that. You understand there's power in the word and you've got to ingest it on a daily basis and let the word do uh, healing work in your body. That's what happened to Joel Osteen's mother. Healing got into her body by listening to the word of God. Number two is the power, or which this would be number three, the power of prayer and fasting. The power of prayer and fasting. By the way, part of the reason I wrote this Give me the close shot. Bam. Part of the reason I wrote this is because I wanted you to have something in your hand that would encompass everything the Bible says about fasting and prayer. And one of the things that's mind-blowing, it's mind-blowing, is that uh, God in his infinite wisdom, who created our physical bodies, understood that there would be power in fasting. For your physical body. It's not just spiritual uh, benefits and spiritual power, but it's even uh, powerful. And I write it in that book. It's powerful for your natural body. It will bring healing and health. Do you know doctors are now finding? I mean, you go through any of these doctors that study fasting. Uh, and I, I, I cite them all in the book, you know, so that you have the references of what I'm talking about. Uh, it'll blow your mind, the, the natural effects that come to your body from fasting, you'll see all the things that begin to happen. Stem cells begin to regenerate after only 48 hours of fasting. Uh, your blood pressure uh, equalizes, the, obviously the sugar in your body. It can reverse diabetes, it can reverse uh, insulin resistance, all these different things. I mean, it's, it's amazing what God did by giving us the wisdom of fasting and prayer. But when we pray and fast, um, the, uh, Even doctors know because they require you to fast between totally. tests and major medical operations. I yep. mean, so th they even have, you know, the the natural aspect of it, knowing that it works. No question. Beneficial to your body. No question. And and the other thing, you know, you think about uh, when you're doing that, when you're when you're uh, denying yourself. It's not just for a spiritual purpose, but you can understand that God knew that ahead of time, that it would be beneficial to your physical body to, uh, to do that on a regular basis, not just like once a year at the beginning of the year, but on, you know, Christians did it two days a week for 300 years, you know, until, you know, who knows what happened where people started getting, you know, losing their dedication, but well, years two ago, days a week. When you were getting life insurance, you were on oh, 21 right. day fast and, I was like and the day lady 18. came to the house and she took all your blood and she was like, 
these are phenomenal numbers. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, but, but then she goes, then well, she, well, before she said that, she was like, when was the last time you ate? And yeah. you, like, I, she was taking her notes. She was like, and when was the last time you had a like, meal? 18 days ago. I was like, 18 ago. days ago. She, her like, yeah. head popped up. She was like, 18 days She's ago? Like, these are She's like, phenomenal that, reads. <laughs> that you ate food? Yeah. That's what she said. I and, was like, yeah. And then after she said, like, how good your numbers she were. she went, why? She goes, I got to get my husband on this. No, she said, <laughs> I, I, I go, uh, 18 days ago. And she was like, that you ate food? Yeah. I was like, yeah, that I ate food. She was like, why? I was like, well, our church is on a, a extended fast right now. She was like, I need to get my husband to go to your church. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she couldn't believe it. She was looking, looking through my blood work and my, all my numbers. She's like, man, this is great. Like really, really great. Well, the Lord understood all that. And then of course, of course you couple, you know, Isaiah says it when you fast and pray, uh, God spoke to Israel. Then will your health spring forth speedily. Isaiah 58. Then will your health spring forth speedily. And so, you know, you look at this, James 5. Any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Now you want to read my, my article, Blind Guides, because you got elders of the church, pastors, spiritual leaders. They won't even lay hands on sick people anymore. Stupid. They won't even lay hands on sick people. They they don't want uh, well, to see that. Well, then they're in direct disobedience they to are. the word of God. They are in direct. And that's and they'll a answer bad to place the Lord. to be. They'll answer the Lord for it. But I mean, you know, how can you call for the elders of the church to lay their hands on you for healing if you go to a church that doesn't even believe in healing? Or you've got an elder, quote unquote, if you've got a pastor that doesn't believe that's for today, or they just simply, they may believe it's for today, but they just simply won't lay hands on the sick. So how are you going to get it? They don't think anything of it like it's not a big deal. That's why it's life or death where you go to church. Life or death. Church is worth moving for. Like a Absolutely. good Holy Ghost church is worth moving for. You can get a job anywhere. Yeah. Don't move. Don't, don't, don't move for a job, but you wouldn't move for a good church. Mm -hmm. Your priorities are messed up then. Don't Absolutely. move to be near family but you wouldn't move for a good church. That's right. That's make exactly right. Church, make your, where you go and bring your family and fill yourself up and your children up like a number one priority yes. in life. God will provide everything else. Yes, the other stuff is easy. I mean, geez, that's nothing. Right. But what you are filling yourself up with and your children, mm -hmm. I mean, especially nowadays when everything everything that we don't believe in is being pushed in front of their faces. And you'll go to some place where there's no power in the kids' service, where they don't teach anything but, I mean, the standard Bible verses, I mean, scripture, you know, stories, which are fine. I get it. And there's Most power of the time, it's it. just babysitting until the service the is time, over. I've gone to so many churches in our, not so much now, you know, we've weeded those out. Because we, you know, when you're first starting off on the road, you, you know, you say yes to everything. But, <laughs> you know, there's times where I was picking up Maddie and they're watching Dora the Explorer at church Bible. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? You know, so she would just sit with me at that point. But it's like, make sure where you're going is feeding your family. Yeah, you, know, you have to feed your family throughout the week, but make sure where you're going on your Sunday and Wednesdays are actually feeding your family. And there's growth there's growth there. Yep. And that's the power of having Side a great note. spiritual leader. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> because if you're not there, what, you know, what are you doing? Number, number four, right. what are you the, doing? the power of praise. 
If people would praise God, and I mean really praise God, don't tell me that praise doesn't work. Don't tell me that you've been depressed for three years, and but I don't understand why, because I've been in the presence of God. You haven't been in the presence of God because the Bible's not a lie. The Bible's not a lie. It's the, I don't care what your story is. And that might, that like really, it might feel like I'm uh, not sensitive to people's needs or I'm not empathetic. I'm honestly, your story doesn't move me over what the word of God says. if, If this is what moves me, this moves me. So you say, well, I've been in the presence of God. You haven't because the Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. So don't tell me that you've stayed in the presence of God, but you're still been chronically depressed for three years. You haven't. And I don't believe you because I'm not going to call the Bible a lie. I'm not going to call the Bible a lie. And so bottom line is we're dealing with spiritual forces here. Don't tell me if I, if I see one more Christian, you know, it, it blows my mind. You've got Pentecostal people that came up Pentecostal that are encouraging people to go to therapy. They're encouraging people that are Christians, Holy Ghost filled Christians to go to therapy. Now I'm just telling you, if you're a spiritual leader and what your answer is for people is to go to therapy, you've got issues. You've got your own issues because if you don't believe that obeying the word of God and staying in his presence by doing what the Bible says, I mean, you've got the Holy ghost and fire. So let me hear you sing any more stupid songs at your church about how sold out you are and how in the, in his presence you are and all that stuff. And then you're telling people to go to therapy. Do I believe in chemical imbalances? Of course there's actual chemical imbalances, but I believe that they're not the cause. I believe that they're a result. I'm not saying it's a sin to go to therapy or that it's wrong to go to therapy. What I'm saying is if you're a spiritual leader encouraging people that the answer to their depression, the answer to their problems is go to therapy, you've got an issue. You don't need to be a spiritual leader if that's your answer, because especially if you're a Pentecostal, I mean, if you if you don't believe in the Holy Ghost, that's a whole other thing. Go do whatever you can in the natural to get yourself better. <laughs> you need but, but let me tell you something. If you're a Pentecostal leader. And you're going around telling everybody to go to therapy. And that's the answer for what, what they're dealing with. Oh, yes, the Holy Ghost is good and prayer is good and fast is good. But, you know, you need to go to therapy. You've got an issue. That's because they can't possibly be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not. And they have no power that they are. You want to come back to both of us? They have no power that they are relying on because they, they obviously have nothing inside of them that can set the people free. So they're no. like, you know what? Here, go to therapy. And that's just another place for bondage for you to stay. People will stay in therapy for eight years and talk about the same thing and live in the same thought of the past and never break free from it. You never don't break believe, free from it. You don't believe the Holy Ghost is who he says he is. If, if, if that's the kind of advice you're giving people that are Holy Ghost filled people. You don't believe the Holy Ghost can do what he said he can do. You don't believe he is who he said he is. Oh, he's a comforter, but he's not enough to comfort me. Like, give me a break. I'm like, I'm blown away by these people that think that that's the answer is to encourage uh, Holy Ghost filled Christians to go see a therapist. Right. 
What do you think the, the body of Christ did before there was therapists? <laughs> I mean, like, honestly. Go meet with your pastor. Or just praise God in right. your house but I'm saying, by like, yourself. They can, you know, they encourage you and then they lead you and guide you and you go home and do it. I'm, you know, there's nothing wrong. I'm not vilifying Christian counselors. I'm not even vilifying therapy. I'm vilifying spiritual leaders that are supposed to be preaching the unadulterated word of God, but they're so shallow in their spiritual life that they have to encourage people to go do natural things to deal with a spiritual problem. It has nothing to do with your parents. It has nothing to do with what some, if you can't get free with the power of the Holy Ghost, there's a problem. I would leave that church so quick, make your freaking head spin. People blow my mind. And people putting them up on pedestals and following their Instagram account. You've lost your freaking mind. And every one of your little selfies proves it. You've lost your mind. You need to put on the mind of Christ. Yeah, I do know there's Christian-based therapists, and I'm not vilifying them, but I'm saying if that's what you have to revert to, that's what you're going to, what's the point of the Holy Ghost? What's the point of the Word of God? What's the point of teaching and preaching? What's the point of healing? Either the Bible's true or it's not true. And so the bottom, the bottom line is, if it's true live by it and let that thing manifest it blows my mind i mean I'm, I'm, i mean it honestly blows my mind people that are supposed to be pentecostal bible believing christians have gone so the other way because they want to be accepted widely let me just give you a heads up. If you don't even know if you want to be alive, step out of the pulpit, step out of leadership positions, get free personally. We love you too much to let you die while you're trying to empty yourself to minister to other people. And you yourself don't even know if you want to be alive. Impartation is a real thing. So don't be laying your hands on other people when you yourself don't even know if you want to be alive. You're sitting around battling suicidal thoughts. Go get delivered. Step out of your leadership positions. There's nothing wrong with getting free. I, I, don't, I don't get it. You need, to, you need to be in... People that say they praise God... You know, let me, let me tell you something. Uh, you can tell when somebody's praising God for a show and praising God because they're really praising God. Here's a tip. If you're praising God for a show, one sign might be that you handed your cell phone to someone and said, hey, take some videos of me dancing. If you've got assistants <laughs> videoing you while you're getting your praise break on so you can post it to your Instagram, might be a sign that that wasn't worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Just a thought. 
Have some discernment. Just a thought. We were just at a church, and there was a lady that came up like that. You know, I watch everybody. People might think I'm a people watcher, whether you think it or not. <laughs> I know what's going on everywhere. And I look at this lady. I'm like, something, she's, this is so fake, so obnoxiously fake. Sometimes I want to stick my foot out to people just so they trip and fall. But I haven't yet. I control myself. Touch your Lord. I control myself in church. But seriously, I wanted to. And I look over at her, and she she was, like, looking at me. You know what I mean? Like, people want to make sure, is she watching me? Is she seeing what I'm doing? It's like, if you're truly praising God, you're not stopping to look at people to see if they're checking you out. Yeah. You know, you're, you're totally involved in what's going on in the service. So I was like, you can take your little white gloves and your stupid hair color and go back to your seat because this is fake. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not in the presence. And so you're going to keep battling whatever you're battling. Sorry. <laughs> hey, can gonna... you snap a picture of me in fervent <laughs> prayer? You're going to keep battling that no matter what you got going on in your attire. Take a seat, chick. Ugh. Seriously. <laughs> hey, you see it all when you travel. I'm just... You I, see I, it all I, in the Holy Ghost-filled church, too. I have to have my wife stop filming me twirling my flags to Days of Elijah. <laughs> uh, but it is. It's obnoxious. And Jeremiah you're always going to stay Evangelist Jeremiah Jones. I'm just telling you. You will. Marcus said, text praise why, has accomplished more joy, peace, and physical freedom than any therapy has ever given me. Praise God for that. That's why, you Say know, amen to that. Amen to that. <laughs> I make our kids praise in church and yes. out of church. When, when people are praising and there's worship, you, you will see me look at my kids and I'll say, you stand up. We're in the middle of praising. You, he said, lift your hands. You lift your hands. They're clapping, you're clapping. And what we do in church, we also do at home. And so when I post little videos on Instagram here and there, and I say on there, here are my kids praising, or they will never battle fear, anxiety, depression, and the living joy. I mean it. Yes. My words will come to pass because you train them now and you have to do it to yourself. When you don't feel like praising is the best time to praise. You put something on, you thank the Lord. When you start boasting on the Lord, when you start bragging on him, when you start uh, speaking of his goodness and speaking of the power of his names, it comes on you. So you can go from a moment of not feeling like it and you can change your atmosphere, your environment real fast. Yeah. But you force yourself. You force yourself to get out of bed. You force yourself to take a shower. <laughs> you force yourself to do a lot of things in life. Force yourself to praise. You know, there's not every time you feel like you're in that moment, but you make yourself do it. And when you do it, it completely changes. Yeah. You can feel a heaviness lift, lift off of you. And if you, and let me tell you, going back one step, because we went to praise, but let me tell you, some of these people I see, I'm in the, I'm, I'm, you know, I was seeking the praise of the Lord. When was the last time you fasted 21 days? When was the last time you fasted 14 or 10 days? When was the last time you fasted seven days? I can guarantee you by looking at your selfie, it wasn't recent. So let me tell you something. And I'm just saying this to be real because people act like they seek God. They don't seek God. They act like they pray. They don't pray. I've been around them. You can feel. Hold, hold on. I'm soaking. I'm soaking. 
People can, you can feel when somebody is in the anointing. You know what's like, real now? Can't... Hold on, it's real now. I took my shoes off. Oh, <laughs> oh you're on holy ground. Oh, hold on, I got to get that shoe in there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. When is the last time you prayed for more than five minutes? When is the last time you opened your Bible? When's the last time that you fasted for a week and sought the face of God? When's the last time you really praised God? And I don't mean so that your assistant could get a video of you to post on Instagram. I mean, when was the last time behind closed doors you actually, because don't tell me you're seeking the face of God. You can, I've been around and if you can't sense this, it's time to get in the spirit of God because there's something that the Bible teaches called discerning of spirits. That doesn't just mean demon spirits. You can discern the spirit of a man. Jesus did it. You can discern the spirit of angels and you can discern the spirit of God. You can tell when somebody is anointed or not. I can tell you, I don't even have to sit and talk with somebody for three hours. I can stand next to them and tell you if they're anointed or not. It's true. Now, you, people think that's nuts, but I'm just telling you, you can tell by the spirit of God, if somebody carries the anointing or not. Yeah. When was the last time you fasted one day? Seven days is not a lot. It's not a lot. You know, try fasting 40 days. 30 days, 21 days, give yourself to God. And if people want to be free, they don't want to be free bad enough is the point I'm making. They don't want to be free badly enough. <laughs> all the time, AJ. Yeah. It's people, Hey guys, you won't see me. I'm going off social media. Then go off. You don't have to give and an believe announcement. Believe me, they're not off. All of a sudden, they've popped up in your comments. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, I thought you were taking thought a you were break from social media. But I'm just telling you, people say they want to be free. They don't want to be free that badly. They don't want to be free that badly. <laughs> they don't want to be free that badly. And I'm just telling you, that if they did, they would truly seek the face of God. So you're passing judgment on somebody else's seeking? Yes, yes I am. Because if all if 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 you're going if what you're going to do is not seek God and then not be free and then suggest to people because you're not free that they need natural resources to get them free, that's the problem. That's why I'm doing it. Because you've got a whole generation of young people thinking they need natural solutions to supernatural problems, and none of them are getting free. True. And you got people on drugs. You got again. people taking their own life. You got people that are falling, acting like it's God's fault. Because you got spiritual leaders that are not even doing what they should be doing. And so there you go. You're in a church like that. It's going to bring destruction upon your life. And you know, you, you're not going to teach them anything and you're not going to go any higher than the leadership that's in no, that church. No, get out of there. People think they're always going to change something or- If your pastor's brewing his own beer on Saturday, something. it's time to go. It's like Karen said, I, was, I, was, I had a pastor that was smoking weed and the whole church was in a mess. I wonder why. I wonder why. Unbelievable. I don't know what. Yeah, pastors and youth pastors living in sin, and then you wonder why stuff happens, you know, later on in life in your own family. I'll give you number four. We're going to pray for you in a minute. Power over evil spirits. That's, I guess, number five, since we dealt with the wisdom one first. Number five, power over evil spirits. Some sickness and disease is caused by a spirit of infirmity. The Bible teaches that. 
spirit of infirmity. And you got to have power over evil spirits. One of the ways that you stand in that is through prayer. The Bible teaches it very plainly. There are levels of spiritual strength that Jesus taught that to his disciples, Mark chapter 9. There are levels of spiritual strength. And one of the ways that you stand in authority or release your authority is through prayer. And then some believe prayer and fasting. And it allows you to release. It's not that you get more power because if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got all the power there is. It's that it allows you to release the power of God that you have already. You can't, you can't get more power than all. Luke 10, 19. I give unto you authority over all the power of the enemy. Luke, that's Luke 10, 19. So you've got authority over all. You don't need more authority. You don't need more power. You receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts 1, 8. So what do you need to do? You need to release that power and learn how to release it. And one of the ways you do that is through a prayer life, a prayer life. Jesus said, they, they said, Hey Jesus, how come we couldn't cast that demon out of that boy? You know what he said? Cause this kind of demon only comes out by prayer and some translations and fasting. Some manuscripts read and fasting. So they looked at Jesus life and understood he had a discipline to prayer and fasting. And it's the only thing the disciples ever taught, asked Jesus to teach them how to do. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to cast out devils. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to heal the sick. They didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Why did they say teach us to pray? Because they understood that the cause of the power in Jesus ministry came through his prayer. And when they saw that, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. See, this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. And so when you, when you realize you've got to exercise. Because it's silly not to use the direct line that you have with Jesus, which is prayer. Just in the natural, if you have a best friend or a family member and you will always have a stronger relationship when you stay in contact with them constantly, you know what's going on in their life, you know, what's, you, know you, you talk every day, you'll have a stronger bond with somebody that you communicate with every day. You, you will. If not, the people you don't talk to often, what happens? You kind of, you know, they move out of your thoughts a little bit. You don't, you don't have a relationship. You don't know what's going on. So, you know, you don't know what they're dealing with and different things like that. But when you have that every day, constant communication with your heavenly father, you, you get that. You have that power. You get that power. you you know, he knows what's going on. You, you're, you're building him up. He's building you up. It's going both ways. You are exalting his name. You're saying good things about him. He's downloading to you things and, and answering your prayer that you're talking to. So it's, it has to be a daily, constant uh, communication with your heavenly father by way of prayer. And don't say you don't have time to pr pray because you, you, can, you make time to pray. You don't wait for time to pray. You make time to pray. In fact, don't put it in the comments. Don't wait for time to pray. Make time to pray. So important. Make time to pray. It is priority. One of the things that I've been re-going back over in my life is the things that are the most important have to be done first because willpower uh, is not an unlimited resource. It runs out through the day. 
your body gets tired and the t more tired your body gets, the less willpower you have. That's why most bad decisions are made at night. That's why people get tired, their inhibitions go down, they begin to make bad choices. Because willpower is not an unlimited resource. You don't wait for time to pray, you make time to pray. And you do it first, because you read your Bible first. You know, you get, you get these things done first because they're important. You prioritize what's important, and then you go after it. And you have to make it happen. You gotta make, your flesh won't want it, you have to make it. And so, that's, that's what you do. Um, Gina understands. She said, I do it, uh, often, even when it's hard, you don't wait for time to pray. You make time to pray. And the same is true for the word. You don't wait for free time to read the word. You make time to read the word prayer and the word should be done before you begin your day. I'm just going to say it. It needs to be done before you begin your day. It's fuel for the day. It's fuel for the day. Got to do it. Let me give you the final thing before we pray for you is this. Uh, Paul taught one of the reasons that Christians are sick and dying is because they don't properly discern the body of Christ, the Lord's Supper. And um, when you understand that, you begin to realize that the communion meal is a miracle meal. And we believe this, my wife and I, it's not just like, you know, I don't just look at the communion meal as a symbol. Now, obviously I'm not Catholic and I don't believe in transubstantiation that the bread becomes the flesh of Jesus and the wine becomes the blood of Jesus. But I don't also believe that it's just a symbol. I believe the anointing is on the communion meal. Anything God commands, he empowers. I want you to put that in the comments. Anything God commands, he empowers. And so what I do believe is just like when he commanded us to lay our hands on the sick, the anointing is in that action. Just like he commanded us to anoint people with oil. The anointing, I believe, gets on that oil because he commanded it. When we, just like Paul, by narrative, we see that he took prayer cloths, handkerchiefs, and aprons. They were laid upon the sick. The anointing gets into that fabric. Just like it was in Jesus' robe. She touched his garment. She didn't touch his body. She touched right. his clothes and was made whole. Right. In that same way. And so, in, as we're commanded, as often as we uh, remember the redemptive act of Christ, we do that meal. We take that meal, the Lord's Supper, in remembrance of him. And you should do it often. And I believe, because he commanded it, that that same anointing gets in to those elements. I believe that just by taking those, because here's what, here's what blows your mind when you start to look at it. Why would, it, why would not doing it properly make you sick if it wasn't a spiritual thing? Why would not doing it properly make you sick and some die? See what I mean? It's a supernatural thing. It's a spiritual thing. Anything God commands, he empowers. Smith Wigglesworth used to take the communion meal every single day. Hey, it's my friend Ninja Buddha. Good to see you on. Every single day, Smith Wigglesworth took it remembering the redemptive power of Christ, bringing it into remembrance, meditate on that. Jesus shed his blood for my healing yeah. to be so that I could be free from sin so that I could walk in the power. It's a powerful revelation to get powerful, powerful. When you really study it out. 
For Absolutely. Sure. And Paul taught that. He said, the, the reason many of you are sick and dying is because you don't properly discern the body of Christ. What was he talking about? Well, read it in context. He was saying, you guys are treating this like a natural meal, like lunch or dinner. And he said, you show up early and you eat it all and you don't leave any for the poor. He said, you have your own homes to eat your meals in. But when you come here to take the Lord's Supper, you treat it like a supernatural thing because that's what it is. Treat it like a supernatural thing. That's what it is. It really does, Aaron. He said, I try to do communion every day. It really instills holiness into your day. It does because you're remembering the redemptive power of Christ and what he did for us. And there's no, uh, in the Bible, we have no command on how often to take it or not take it. He just said, as often as you remember this, that could be daily, as Aaron said, as Smith Wigglesworth did. And so here at the end of the broadcast, I know there's people that have physical needs. I know there's people that are battling sickness and disease. We're not doing this broadcast to condemn people that are sick. We're doing it to tell you there's a way out of sickness and disease, that you can walk in freedom from sickness, walk in freedom from disease. And so before this uh, broadcast ends, I'm going to pray for those of you watching and those of you listening on the podcast that the Lord would heal your body and set you free from sickness and disease and keep you in health and in strength in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me pray. And my wife and I are going to join our faith together. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come to you and we're so thankful for the shed blood of Christ. We're thankful that he took stripes upon his back. We're thankful that he was pierced in the side. We're thankful for the nail scarred hands and feet. We're thankful for the crown of thorns upon his head. Lord, we're asking you today, touch your people where they are. We take authority over sickness and disease in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, whatever it is that's harassing your precious people, we ask you today to open the windows of heaven, pour out upon them healing virtue. We thank you that your word declares that that same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells inside of our physical body and quickens this physical body, makes it alive. So Lord, would you do that today? Those that are standing in faith, they're joining their faith with us. We ask you today, quicken their mortal body. I command cancer cells to die in Jesus' name. I command every disease of the joints, problems with the joints, arthritis has to go, tendonitis. Lord, we pray for those that are battling in their organs, those that are suffering with sickness and disease in their organs and in their blood. Be healed today in Jesus' name. Lord, those that are battling even in their mind, we're taking authority over depression and anxiety and panic attacks, fear, suicidal thoughts. Commanded to loose its grip today and go. For Diane, Lord, fibromyalgia, we take authority over it in Jesus' name. Be healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, blow your breath from heaven. Blow every wicked thing out of their body and out of their house. Whatever... Uh, traveled from generation to generation, Lord. Those things that were looked like generational curses, yeah. we rebuke it in Jesus' name. Loose your hold on God's people in Jesus' mighty name. And we thank you, Lord, for it. Amen. And we give you praise. Amen. Amen. Do you have something in your...
Oh, I was just going to read Isaiah 58, 8 and 9 to them. Yeah, read it. During your prayer because, you know, we got six months left of this year and we still got to be running. That's right. And Isaiah 58, 8 and 9 says, Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. That's right. Then when you call, when you call, the Lord will answer. That's right. Yes, I'm here. He will quickly reply. So if the Lord has for you today, we joined our faith with yours. He's saying, you call, I'm going to answer quickly, mm -hmm. and you're going to get your, your, your answer quickly. Yep. So he's going to do everything quick. He's going to answer quick, and he's going to... Uh, provide what you need quickly Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. That's because right. like, you know, he was praying, we got <laughs> six months left of 2021 and it wasn't, the word wasn't for, hey, we're going to run in 2021 for January to June. Right. Then we're going to saunter the rest of the year. We're running the entire year, Come 2021. On. And so in order for that to happen, we got to be strong. We got to be healthy. We got to have a clear mind. And so that is what this broadcast was all about. So we can take the rest of the 2021 year yeah. and keep our momentum at an all time high. That's it. So we want to hear your testimonies. And as we're standing with you, you know, we know you're praying for us and we're praying for you, but we want we to are. hear your testimonies because, you know, we like to read them. It not only encourages the people that we read them to, it encourages us. Yep. You know, we need encouragement just like everybody else. And so it builds our faith constantly. And so we can work this together and mm -hmm. build each other's faith and accomplish what God has for us to do. All and, of us. and here's the thing. We're praying for our partners and friends every single week. That's why I encourage people to get connected via text message with me. Because if you'll get connected with me via text message, we right. can stay in touch together. I can get prayer requests directly from you. You can hear directly from me. On the screen, that's how you do it. You go to miracleword.com forward slash text, fill out the form, it puts your contact info right in my phone. Because at times we can get those faster than an email. Oh, always faster. So like you can still send us an email and our team gets them, you know, and Jenna's praying for you. All We have, <laughs> people on our team are not just any old old people. People on our team with Miracle Word that works with us are people who are praying, fasting, seeking from the Lord, same vision as us. So when you have Jenna writing you back from a prayer request you sent in, you know, we believe that <laughs> she's full of faith and qualified to pray for of you. Of course. And so, you know, but we get to hear about him, but the text messages will come directly to the phone. And so there's times, you know, when he's praying before the broadcast and we take time to pray for our partners and people that write in, we just get those faster that way. And then, you know, he's able to respond. And it really is Ted texting yeah. you back. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. It's not a We mock. get that at questions a lot at church. I think people have texted me before thinking I'd never see it or think, thinking it was like just like yeah. an automated thing. But even this meeting, like people came like, up and they're like, was that you that really wrote me back? And yes, like, it's yes, really me. It really is me. I, I love to hear from you and I love to get your, t your, your prayer requests. We're standing with you. We're believing with you. We're partnering with you as you partner with us. And I want to encourage you to partner with this ministry. And we've had uh, new, new partners standing with us all the time. Uh, new ones that have come in just this week. And we want to encourage you to stand with us in partnership. Carolyn and I are taking the largest steps of faith we've ever taken to touch this world. We're getting ready now 
to expand our television ministry to 39 million more people uh, in the Caribbean. And uh, I'm just telling you, God's opening the doors. And uh, we've got new people joining the team, the Miracle Word team. We'll tell you more about that later. But it's there's just more work to be done. We need more help. And then now God's given it to us. And so we're very, very happy about that. Um, it's, it's wonderful because this is a, a debt-free ministry. This is a, a ministry that's doing everything the Lord's asked us to do to this point, And we're going to continue doing that. But we appreciate you standing with us. And we've encouraged people to join with us monthly. What does that mean? Well, we're believing God that people will. Oh, yeah, I do. Marcus, where are you at? He said, Ted texts internationally, too. It's true. I do. It costs me more, but I don't care. I don't care. I'm irresponsible with the phone bill. Um, but in all honesty, um, we are texting internationally. We're, we're sending you messages. We want to be in touch with you. Um, we've asked people to stand with us monthly. What does that mean? Well, rather than just sowing a one-time seed into Miracle Word Ministries, we want to encourage you to be a part of the family, be a part of the victory tribe on a monthly basis. You ask yourself, well, what can we do every month that we know we could do to stand by faith to uh, see the gospel preached around the world? Marcus is in Sweden. That's awesome. That's awesome, Marcus. Um, We want to... Say, what, what can we do on a monthly basis? You know, we've asked people to, and we've prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, would you send us a thousand people to start that will stand with us at $85 a month or more? Uh, many people are already doing that, but maybe you're at that place. You're like, I can't really stand at $85 yet. I'm going to, but I can't yet do what you can do by faith. Do what you can do by faith. There's others that are doing more. We've got people standing at a hundred, 500, 750, a thousand. There's people that are sowing largely uh, into this ministry, but you've got to be introspective and say, what can I do where I'm at? And God will bless you for it. For this month of June, uh, I did two things. The first one is this, for those that are sowing $50 or more, uh, we've made this book available by PC Nelson. It's called Bible Doctrines. It's one of the most important books you can get your hands on. It's not huge, but it's packed with information on why we believe what we believe with all the scripture references. And then for those that are at the partner level of $85 or more, we're sending you Brother Hagin's book, Financial Keys. Uh, It's Biblical Keys to Financial Prosperity. It's a powerful book uh, that Brother Hagin wrote on walking in supernatural financial abundance because God's desire is that you prosper in every area of life. And so there you can see the book, Biblical Keys, to financial prosperity, brother Kenneth Hagan. Uh, if you'd like to receive those books and you've sown this month, go to miracleword.com forward slash offer, fill out the form, and then you can choose uh, which which thing you'd like this month, and we're going to send it to you. For those that are sowing a thousand dollars or more, we've got this Life Application Study Bible, one of my favorite, absolute favorite study tools for the uh, for the Christian, because there's a lot there. There's a lot of notes. Um, There's a lot of things in this Bible uh, that will help you to go deeper and understand the word even better. Um, It gives you all kinds of outlines and profiles and history and uh, vital statistics, who wrote it, to whom they wrote it, when they wrote it, uh, from where they wrote it, all those things. The context helps you to study the word. And then for those that are standing with us at $5,000 or more, we've got something that I, I am so happy about. Is finally here. It's the 
elite study collection. The keepsake box. It is. It's a custom box. Uh, We have scriptures inside. I put the whole Greek text of John, the Gospel of John on the bottom. Uh, Some of the best study tools that you could ever have. Uh, Five of them we've packaged together. That three, I believe these three study Bibles that we've put together are the best three that you can have uh, just as a Christian. I use them all as a, as a preacher. And, uh, and then we gave you some books on uh, studying the Bible, hermeneutics, how to properly study the word, how to go deeper in the word. Uh, we did this for people that are standing with us uh, at large amounts because we wanted to have a way to say thank you. And um, these are beautiful. They came out so great. And we can't wait to get it in your hands. And so that's for everybody that's sewing $5,000 or more. We say thank you for being a part of this ministry. We love you a lot. We really, really love you a lot. You back in the studio this week, Wednesday and Friday? I am. So don't miss that. I Wednesday am. and Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Carolyn's going to be back in the studio doing broadcasts. And then, of course, I'm live every day this week, 1030 a.m., um, you're not going to want to miss one day. And the next week we're under the tent again in Raleigh, North Carolina. My father's putting up the tent. My mother will be there, the whole team. Uh, I'm going to be there with my, my dad and with the band. We're going to be singing. It's going to be preaching. It's going to be powerful. I can't wait. The Lord spoke to my father to hit North Carolina hard, uh, with tent meetings this year. So four tent meetings in North Carolina, uh, you got Elizabeth City, which we just finished, Raleigh, Roxboro, and Albemarle, North Carolina. So it's going to be a powerful summer and uh, very, very much looking forward to it. New Living would be easier Ava said, her? which version is best? Uh, I missed she it. speaks scroll Spanish back up? only, wants to do it in English. What would be her best version for English? For uh, which version is the best to start reading if English is not my first language? I only read the Bible in Spanish, but want to start reading it in English. Um, you know, I think you could ESV read is not bad either. a New Living Translation is great. Uh, the NET, I think, is a really great one. I like that one a lot. The NET, that's the New English Translation. And I like the ESV. I don't think that would be hard for you to, to read as someone that's reading for the first time in, uh, in English. Those three I recommend to almost everybody. The New Living Translation, the New English Translation, and also the English Standard Version, the ESV. I love all three of those. Porsche, I'll see you in Roxboro. That's the one I'm going to. Yep. Carolyn and the family will be in Roxboro. Um, these are going to be great tent meetings. We, listen, we've had a lot of Victory Tribe uh, members coming into the meetings this year, and it makes me so happy. We love seeing you. Um, Jeff's coming to Raleigh. All of our confirmed dates are up on the website uh, on miracleword.com forward slash schedule. Uh, find something that's near you or even jump on a plane, get on, whatever you got to do, get to one of these meetings and be a part of it. Uh, in the new magazine, we got a bunch of pictures with Victory Tribe people. Uh, we're so happy every time we see you. It was great to see Eric come all the way to Texas from Georgia. Just amazing to see people. Summertime now. Yeah. Get you traveling on. Yeah. And we really, really love you guys a lot. And uh, thanks for hanging with us. We'll be back again in the morning, 1030 a.m. Have a wonderful day. Did I miss anything? Oh. We love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. See you tomorrow. Have a great day. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.